need connection, accountability, support as you explore the next level version of you, give yourself a real gift this year, the gift of time. The Warrior Women Mastermind is starting again in January, a curated group of six amazing women in a safe, collaborative setting. Think you don't have enough time? The money? Wrong. Ask yourself if you're worth three hours a month and $25 a day. The biggest discovery some of the women who sign up for my mastermind figure out is they have so much in common with other women and that they have traded their worth for a to-do list. Set up your interview call with me by going to lizswadek.com. That's L-I-Z-S-V-A-T-E-K.com. Space is limited and will sell out fast. Don't miss this opportunity to put yourself first. Women aren't born warriors. We become them. And the road to becoming a warrior is bumpy as hell. Each week, I'm interviewing women who, through tragedy and triumph, are leaping for greatness. Get ready to unleash your inner warrior. I'm Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. Hello, ladies. Today, we're going to get some healing going. Is your karmic bank account running low? Are you asking the universe for what you don't want? Are you carrying around trauma that is blocking you? My guest today is going to tell us how to bring abundance into our lives on every level and how we can become energetically unleashed. She is an energetic empowerment coach and healer, and watching and experiencing her work has been amazing. I figured this holiday season, we need some healing and abundance, but also the story of how my guest became a healer is truly inspiring. So if you're looking to turn your side hustle or your passion into your full-time gig, listen closely and visualize. Looking forward to sharing this conversation because it's a gift. Speaking of gifts, what are you giving yourself this year? How about the Warrior Women Mastermind? Six women, three months of deep exploration support and focusing only on you and what you want your 2022 to be. Go to lizswadek.com and schedule a call with me to learn more. Okay, let's get to it. But first, our sponsor. Do you hate photos of yourself? Dread photo shoots? Have you ever said, I'm not photogenic? As entrepreneurs, we know that in this world of social media, podcasts, and self-promotion, we need photos of ourselves to connect with our audience. And unfortunately, many of us aren't happy with the photos we have. Kathy of Kathy Shoe Photography knows how hard it is to put ourselves out there and feel great in the process. Kathy believes it's not our job to be photogenic. That's her job, and she couldn't be more right. I just had my portraits done with Kathy. Through her guided photo shoot, she not only made me feel comfortable, but she allowed me to see the next level version of who I'm becoming. The me I want to be. And that is everything. I ended up with tons of portraits that I love and I'm proud to share. If you're ready to elevate your photos and showcase yourself in a real and beautiful way, contact Kathy for a free consultation at kathyshuephotography.com. That's Kathy, K-A-T-H-Y, shoe, S-C-H-U-H, photography.com. Use the code 
Warrior Women for $50 off your session fee. And tell her Liz sent you. You'll be glad you did. Okay, welcome to the show, Farrell Moore. Farrell Moore is a renowned energy healer and integration coach. A certified Reiki master and associate pranic healer, Farrell specializes in smoothing the path for clients who are ready to make a massive change in their lives. Farrell uses pranic healing and other intuitive modalities to remove blocks, traumas, negative energies, and thought forms that hold people back from achieving their purpose and intention in the world. Farrell helps create the necessary shifts that will improve and transform the physical, emotional, and mental health of her clients. Welcome to the show, Farrell. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Oh my gosh. We got a healer in the house. People feel the healing. It's happening. Feel it, feel it, feel it. Um, Feel the prana. Feel it, feel the prana. Farrell and I met uh, Tracy Litt's Worthy Human event, which is now called Powerhouse. She changed the name because I think the women are more powerful, she's realized, than she can even imagine. So they're now we're powerhouses. (laughs) Um, And when I met you, I had no clue what you were doing. So you were going around this event doing what looked to me like some type of charades game behind people's (laughs) backs. Pulling things out, cutting things. But what I realized is that you were clearing people's energies and traumas. It was really actually powerful because I would watch somebody's face go from like tortured and upset to like kind of going down and calming down and releasing. And you would be behind the person pulling all the stuff and doing all the stuff while, while Tracy would be talking to them. So it was amazing. Have you always had, I just, I'm just imagining little Farrell, like this is like really entertaining to me. Have you always had these gifts or did you know you had this when you were a kid? Like, tell me. So it's so interesting because as a kid, I was always the the one that was different, right? So I was the one that everybody always wanted to be around, but also everybody was a little intimidated by. I didn't have a single group of friends people sort of came and went because I was always able to say and see or feel really how people felt, even when they didn't want to share how they were feeling. So there was this, right. So when you're, you know, a little kid and they say to you, you want to come play, but I can see past that. And they're really upset about something. And I would say, well, are you okay? And they would say, oh yeah, why? Um, you know, th- those types of things. And, and I would do it with, with not just kids, but with adults too. So I had teachers, you know, I would walk up, are you, are you okay today? And they would say, yes, why? Well, I'm just feeling like you're, you're not feeling good today. And they would say, well, how do you know that? I specifically remember a story being at camp, summer camp, and all the counselors always wanted to hang out with me, but I had to go to bed. I mean, I was young, so I always had to go to bed, but they always wanted to talk to me because I had this, I guess, advice. And I had one counselor who she would always pull me out of activities to get advice about her boyfriend, which was totally inappropriate now that I look back on it. No, but, but at the time, it didn't hell. seem that way. That's so funny. Now, from a family perspective, everybody just thought I was sort of weird. Like the kid that um, knew I, I, things. Like they yeah, knew, yeah. saw behind. I always sort of fought the status quo. Mm. Right. So I always wanted to listen to the adult conversations and give my input. And, you know, then you got the children should be seen and not heard and, and all those fun things that we heard as, as children. But 
in reality, I always was able to feel other people's energies. And and it was that empathic. Yeah. Yeah. I never pushed it down, but I chose to, I realized that it was bothering people. So I would, I would squash it a little bit, but I never repressed it. And a lot of the people that I have come into contact with and that I sort of mentor now are people who ended up repressing those same things that they had as children because people thought they were crazy. Right. I chose to not do that, which until I found people who taught me what I was feeling and seeing, I was taken advantage of a lot in that way. I can imagine, I can imagine that. And I can imagine what a complicated thing. I think childhood's already confusing and we're trying to figure out like what everything means, but to imagine having this (laughs) feeling where you're, you're feeling all these feelings of other people. You're like, Oh my God, you're upset. Like, I mean, that's a lot to take on, but I want to ask you, you did not be, this story kills me. And I listen, part of me thought, okay, I don't know if I'm going to bring this up in this interview or not, because I could just address you as a healer and we could just do this. But the reason why I'm going to ask you this question is because I think a lot of women are doing things right now that they're good at and they're being paid for. And they're maybe deep inside knowing they're meant for something else. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you did not begin your career as a healer, (laughs) Mm -hmm. even though you were a baby healer, you're like a, like Mm -hmm. a kid healer. What made you take the leap and say, I'm doing this. I'm going to be a healer. So this is a great story. So I was an educator. I still am. I I should say I am an educator because you still educate no matter what. But I was a teacher and I then I was assistant principal, which is actually how I got into this, as interesting as that may be. So I was an assistant principal at a school and we brought in the Tracy Litt, the person we were speaking about earlier. Tracy Litt came in and spoke to us as a school, um, as a an education or an educator group. And at the end of that, I walked up to her and I said, you're going to help me get out of this, right? Because this is sucking my soul dry. And it wasn't the students, right? It was the system. It was just the way everything was run. So I still love to teach and I do it all the time. I just do it in a different modality now, right? So I said that to her. And then she slowly worked me out of my, helped me work out of my job. But it wasn't until I was at her book tour. So she had a book tour. We had done the visit your 85 year old self, visit your 65 year old self. She had done different ages. And okay, wait, before you go tour, on, because this is not, oh, it's not a bunch of people who, <laughs> who are okay, let, me, let me back up. So yeah, let me back 85, up. just, I'm just going to quick give a side note. This 85 year old okay. thing and 65 thing, your, your old thing is you're talking about is a visualization where you go and you meet your 85 year old self, your 65 year old self. It's very powerful because you go and you meet that person and you see like where you are in your life and it can be very empowering. So go ahead. Yes. So we did that visualization at the book tour. We come out of the visualization. The earlier one that I had done was to 65. The, set, the one we did at the book tour was to 85. Come out of that. And it was so powerfully strong that I was a healer. And Tracy said, okay, who wants to share their experience? And of course my hand goes up in the air And she calls on me and I said, I'm a healer, like screamed it from the top of my lungs. I am a healer. And everybody in the room is looking at me. And I said, you don't know how long I've been waiting to say that. And because I had been practicing Reiki on the side as a side hustle for teaching for 15 years. Oh, my God. But it was 
literally the balance of the scales had had finally flipped so that I could embody the healer of me within me instead of just the educator who happens to heal on the side. Now, see, that's the switch I'm talking about. That's the switch I'm talking about. And was there always a nagging voice? Or Some people say there's, a, there's always a nagging voice. Like, you know, you're supposed to not do this. You know, that's not really what we're doing. We're not doing that. There's a little voice and they just like, kind of like try to push it away until something just like this makes them be like, son of a gun, I'm doing this. I'm going to be this person. Was it like that for you? Or was this kind of like a big boom? And then that was it. So interestingly enough, I always had the voice and the voice always said, you're meant for bigger things. You're meant for bigger things. But for me, I thought the bigger things was, oh, just moving up in education because I lived with a family who was very traditional. You get a job, you move up in your job, you get your promotion, 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 you retire, you have a pension, what, you know, you go through all the things. So for me to move to this sort of non-traditional entrepreneurial side was sort of a dream, I guess, at that point, or something that was not for me. Although I kept thinking it was for me, I kept pushing it aside. It just took literally that, that visualization of seeing that that's what I had done. Yes. Yes. Like I embodied it at that point. I was like, no, I'm meant for bigger. This is the proof. I'm a healer. And I mean, literally the entire audience was looked at me like, oh my God, this woman is screaming. I mean, I would have been like, I was can so I get happy. an amen? Can I get an yes. amen? If I was there, I would have been that's like, That's how yes, I felt. <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt. All right. Well, you've studied many modalities over the last 25 years. I mean, you've mm-hmm. studied a lot of different things. What drew you to pranic healing specifically? And what in the world, Farrell, is pranic healing? Okay, so most people know what Reiki is, and Reiki is where I started as well. Reiki, um, to just to give you a, a, a comparison, is as old as time, um, and it's basically you are the vessel bringing down um, energy and healing somebody through that. The difference between that and what I do is pranic healing is a no-touch energy healing system, so no people do not get touched, with one exception. If you need serious, intensive uh, physical healing, you can have crystals laid on you, but there's no hands laid on you. But the basic fundamental principle is that your body has the innate ability to heal itself. What pranic healing does is increases the life force energy or prana, also known as chi, also known as ki, also, I mean, there's a number of names for it to accelerate your body's ability to heal itself. So it's, it's anybody can do it. I I need everybody to know this. Like anybody can have that part of themselves activated to do healing. The difference is whether or not a, you choose to embody that part of yourself and B, do you choose to uh, develop the art behind it? Right. So that's an important component because we all are born with the ability to heal. Otherwise cuts wouldn't heal. Otherwise, you know, you go to surgery and you have, you know, stitches and your body wouldn't heal. Okay. Yeah. Everybody can do that. What I do is embrace that prana, which comes from the sun, 
the, tr- the earth and the air. And I take that and I help to accelerate your body's healing ability. Now that's interesting from a physical perspective, but how does that work psychologically is wh- where the traumas and the blocks and all those yes. things come in. Yes. So here's what happens from a psychological perspective. You have your physical body. You have an etheric body, which is about two inches, one to two inches above your skin, which is what we call the body double. Then you have a mental body and an emotional body, and then you have an aura. Okay. That's the sort of energy system from the outside. All physical disease with the exception of a broken arm or a cut that's, that's done by something else. But when we think about things like cancer, we think about things like Parkinson's disease, dementia, the big ones, right? Those are all actually rooted in psychological disorder. What? Yes. Really? Yeah. Now, the reason I say that is because what it is, is diseased or negative, put your whatever word you want in there for negative, energy that has concretized in your system. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't mean that there weren't genetic cells that were predispositioned for these things. That's why we have genetic testing and things, but that doesn't also mean that just because you have a genetic predisposition for something, you will automatically get it. What contributes to those things are environmental factors, psychologically environmental factors, which all come in from the outside like this. Oh, well, you can, people can't see me. So from the outside in, right? And what Western medicine doctors do is they heal from the inside out. They give you a pill, they give you chemotherapy, they give whatever, it's from the inside out. So what pranic healers do is they meet the doctors in the middle. We don't replace them. We work with them. That's where the magic happens. Because if we're healing from the outside in and the medical doctors are healing from the inside out, when we meet in the middle, we are able to do amazing things to the human body with psychological factors. If somebody is being very negative at you, they're talking to you and they're screaming and they're yelling and your body language, your body is taking all of that negative energy in. If you hold on to that and there's more negative and there's more negative and there's more negative, you're holding on to that mostly in your solar plexus. That's why most people hold their breath because your solar plexus runs your diaphragm. Oh boy. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you hold it in your solar plexus. If you hold your breath, well, first of all, you're not giving your body enough oxygen to be able to move any energy through it. When you hold your breath, you also, you you sort of suck in your whole body and you make it kind of close in on itself. So there we have back pain. We have shoulder pain. We have neck pain, all as a result of just kind of drawing in the center of our body. That's why people always say, God, the middle of my back, why does my back hurt today? Well, have we cleaned out our energetic system so that the solar plexus is clean so that we're not sucking everything in and holding our breath at the same time? What drew you to it? Oh, what drew me to it? So what drew me to it was that this particular system allows me to be very specific in how I heal and what I heal. So instead of it being a generalized system, it's a protocol-based system that says, you so-and-so is coming to me because they have stomach ailments. So I have a protocol, just like a doctor would, where they go to the big book, which is now online, 
but they go to the big book and they say, okay, stomach ailments, blah, blah, blah. Give them X pill three times, whatever. Right. I have a protocol that says, okay, first we heal the area. Then we heal the chakra associated with the area. Then we, right. It's a protocol. The other piece that drew me to it was they're not just worried about healing the, the subject or the client. They're also worried about energetic hygiene for the healer. And not all modalities have that piece. So for me, I am, as a healer, always responsible for my energetic hygiene. And they taught me how. A combination of a spray that keeps my hands clean during an actual healing or my crystals, depending on what I'm using, but also a salt water bowl for the diseased energy to go into. And that is super important and something that not a lot of modalities have because the salt water bowl is a disintegrator of negative energy. So, so when you, you go to the ocean, yes, yeah, you had mentioned this. Yep. Go so ahead. the salt water bowl disintegrates the negative energy during a healing session. What I want people to know is, you know, you go to the beach, everybody loves, well, not everybody. Most people love the beach. When you go into the salt water and you come out of the salt water, you generally feel amazing, refreshed, clean in a way that you weren't before. And I don't mean soapy clean. I mean, internally, energetically clean. And it's because you're going into nature's salt water bowl, right? That's nature's way of disintegrating negative energy. Yeah. When we were at, at this conference together, I hadn't known this until I had heard later in the podcast with Tracy that that's how she was kind of removing some of these like negative like toxins and stuff that were really like making her physically break down. And I was saying to our friend Nikki Sampson, hi, Nikki, that we we were in the ocean and I never get in the ocean in California because it's freezing. And we, I was in the ocean every single morning and it was like the most restorative. It, it gave me not only so much energy, like in a good way, just like really like, cause we weren't sleeping that much. And you think you go to these conferences and you're just going to sleep so much. Cause you're kind of like doing the emotional work. No, you're kind of wired. You're like, I just had a great day. I want to think about it for my whole life, night long. So I would go in that ocean and feel so much better. And now I realize it's, it wasn't just the ocean. And it, it, I mean, it was the ocean, but my point is it was the salt, the salt water. And now I have my little bowl for my feet when I'm having one of those days and I do the little salt water and put my feet in it. So that makes like so much sense to me. So you, so let me ask you this. So you, you say that once you uncover the congested energies that block your clarity and focus, it's easier to begin to see the vision of who you authentically are. So how do you deal with people's congested energies? And like, what is energy? Like, how do you unblock people? Okay. So you have an energetic system of chakras. Most people know the seven chakras. There's more, but most people know the seven. So it's just easier to stay there for the moment. What I do is I scan the chakras to to look for energetic congestion or energetic depletion. Those give me an idea of whether or not somebody's chakras are blocked. Congestion blocks, stops the energy flow. When people are very congested, a couple things happen. They tend to not be able to see what's going on in front of them in an objective way because they're in it, right? You've heard people say, I I, I can't figure out what I need to do because I'm too in it. Yeah. Right. Their mind isn't clear. Yeah. When you're in that much chaos or congestion, you have a hard time making really clear decisions 
or finding a clear path out, regardless of what the situation is. I mean, it could be literally, can I go to the grocery store? I mean, there are some people who are that congested. So what I like to tell people is when we get to the point where we're clearing out the chakras, it's like doing the deep cleaning on your refrigerator, right? You get all the gunk out and then you can see, oh, this is the list that I need that I'm going to go to the grocery store. Now I know I need milk and I know I need this because you got all the yucky. out. Yeah. So we do that. And what happens is it doesn't mean that all of the things that are going on, if you're facing a divorce, for example, I'm not going to be able to take away the sadness or the frustration and anger that you're feeling. I am, however, going to be able to create a space between you and those emotions so that you can see your way through them without being in them or without them being on top of you. So having that space allows you to have that sense of objectivity so that you can work your way through to find your path. Now, what I will tell you is it comes back because you're in it. Yeah. So we have to work through it until we figure out what's the root cause of the anger. What's the root cause of the frustration? What's the root cause, right? So that's where the mindset sort of coaching piece comes in right? along using, with the healing. I, mean, I use both. You're, yeah. You're talking to people about what's going on, but you're also energetically healing them. But you, you need to know, I mean, I think, I think that's for me, what's missing sometimes. Like I've gone, I have like a healer I've been to a handful of times and I actually think she's great. I really think she's great, but I, I, she would tell me these things and then I didn't know what to do. You know what I mean? I was like, where am I taking this or what am I doing? You know, but it would be helpful to know, you know, of course, but what I like is that you're kind of blending those modalities so that if somebody is going through a divorce or is going through some, you know, I have a husband, a friend that's husband has passed uh, recently and she's really stuck. She's really stuck and she knows she's stuck and she knows she's kind of overwhelmed with this grief and she knows she needs to pull out of it. But just knowing it is sometimes not really enough, right? Like we Mm -hmm. need a little bit of healing and coaching and blending that together so we can kind of like lift ourselves out. Right. And, and especially when there's with, let's say your friend, some of that too, is she's so stuck in the energy of the grief that if we can remove the energy, then she's not necessarily out of the grief, but she's not stuck in the heavy energy of the grief. She can actually process the grief because we've gotten the heavy energy out so that she can look at and actually go through those steps, right? The, the grief, the grief steps, denial, all the things you have to go through. You can do that. But if you're stuck in the energy of it, what happens is you don't want to do anything. You just want to pull the covers over your head because you feel heavy. You feel sad. You don't feel like you can do anything because your energetic system is weighing you down. Hmm. And when you clean that out, you're still sad, but you're not being weighed down by the sadness. You're just sad. And that's the, that's the big difference. Yeah. I love it. Tell me like, what is the biggest thing you see that holds people back? I mean, you, you have a lot of different people coming to you. I'm sure 
for some different things. But I, you know, I think there's a lot of core origin belief of like not enoughness and my voice doesn't matter and all that stuff. Like when I'm coaching people or when I'm working with people, I see a lot of that. Like that, that, like they all have different things, right? Like, oh, I didn't get that promotion. You know, my kids are driving me nuts, whatever they're telling me on the service. But like, if you go down, 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 it's like, my voice doesn't matter. I'm not important, you know, all that stuff. So what do you, what are, what's kind of the, some of the things that people come to you with, like most common thing? So 90% of the time there's, it's trauma, Right. So, and now that, and when I say trauma, it can be big trauma, big T trauma or little T trauma. Trauma does very interesting things to your energetic system because it shrinks you. It makes you super heavy, but it shrinks you as a person. So what happens with trauma is you have cords, energetic cords that are attached to either a person, a situation, a place, or a past life experience, which you may or may not know. Because what happens with all of us is we come to this life with a karmic bank account. Now, what I'm going to say here, I'm going to tell everyone right now, one of the things that I tell all my clients is you need to use what's called intelligent discernment. So I'm not asking anybody to believe what I'm saying straight off the bat, feel free to research because I don't, I'm not trying to challenge anyone's religious beliefs. This is a spiritual practice that I'm talking about. But everybody comes to their life with a karmic bank account. And it's just like any other bank account. You write a check, you make debits and credits, right? But you come with whatever karmic debt and credit was there prior to your birth. Mm. That may or may not be yours, may have been generations ago. Maybe your parents, maybe your grandparents. That you can't control. You can only do what you can to balance the scales while you're here. So that being said, when there's trauma here now, today, you have to do what you can to balance out the karma associated with that trauma, which you may or may not even know. That enoughness, that worthiness. Those are all energetic cords that we can pull out, but we have to replace it with something or seal it up so nothing else goes in there. So that's where I come in. I pull out the cords, which you saw at, yes, uh, I, I did a lot of cord pulling. <laughs> yes. And the cool thing about what you saw was that in that moment, I was only the healer, not the coach. So Tracy did the coaching in the front. And as people were emoting, I was pulling the cords from the back. It's a beautiful practice when there's, there's two people like that. So with the trauma that most people come to me with, once we determine where the trauma comes from and heal that, whether it's current childhood, past life, generational, because I do generational healing also, where if you come to me with a specific issue, somebody wanted to rent a house, could not get a rental, could not get a rental. Turns out generationally, they had issues around renting and buying property generationally back. We went back and healed seven generations back. They bought a house like that. Wow. Right. So these traumas are really deep rooted in your system. Yeah, but how did you just even discover blueprint. that? Like, how did you even, how do you even, how do you know if it's generational or if it's, you know, from a past life, how you just, you can feel it intuitively? It comes out in a couple of ways. One, we try to heal it from now and it doesn't work. So we talk. Well, did your mom have issues like this? Well, yeah, my mom wasn't able to ever get a rental either. We always had issues. We always had to move. Okay. 
Was that something that kind of was pervasive in your family? This is why it's so important to not just trust the congestion and the scanning. You have to talk. There has to be communication. The coaching is so important. And I think it's a thing that's missing from a lot of healing modalities is the coaching aspect, whatever, whatever version of coaching people want to use, but really understanding why people are there, what their true concern is, is so important to truly get in-depth healing because otherwise you're healing on the surface level and we want to heal deep so that people can really transform. Yeah. That's my goal is transformation, not just, oh, I want to feel better today. We yeah. want, I want you to feel better forever, not just today. So if somebody, Farrell, is not able to make money, right? Money is like a thing mm-hmm. for them. They can't, I know, I know I've, I've talked to a lot of women who have got some like money issues and let's say their parents have money issues and let's say their grandparents have money issues. Like they already know that off the bat. What can they do? to even start turning the tide? Let's say, I mean, obviously they can work with you, but what can they do? Is there something they can do to start turning the tide as we, cause we're right now, this is, this, this is coming out like as we're cruising into the holidays. That's my next question for you. So hope, let's put a pin in that right there. But what can they do to kind of start the healing process of like, if they know they have like this kind of money energy that's coming down, like people having money issues through, through their generations. So the first thing that I would have them do is really sit down and look at what is their relationship thoughts about money, because everything is energy. Money is energy and thoughts are energy. And so do they say things like wealthy people are nasty? Do they say things even in their own minds like, gosh, I bet that car was $230,000. I wonder where they got that money from. Tone. What are they saying when they see people with the Gucci bag? How are they feeling when they see homeless people? Both ends of the spectrum are important because what you put out in your thoughts comes back to you 10 times. Really important law of karma. Whatever you think, whatever negative you think comes back to you 10 times. Whatever positive you think comes back to you 10 times. So what you want to be doing is putting out all this positive And then something that's counterintuitive that I will tell everybody, if you are trying to create abundance, and I'm using the word abundance instead of money for a purpose, and I'll tell you in a minute, if you're trying to create abundance, you need to actually spend towards what you're seeking. So for example, if you are trying to increase money for your business, you need to spend money on something similar to what it is that you are trying to accomplish in your business. Doesn't have to be a lot of money, right? Give to a charity that's associated with something that you do, right? So I give money towards chronic healing foundations, towards healing trauma, because that's who my clients are. Comes back to me 10 times. Um, Paying it forward in a coffee line, Starbucks. Buy somebody a cup of coffee. You're talking about three bucks maybe five, depending on, maybe they got a really designer coffee, (laughs) right? But those are the kinds of things that it doesn't matter if somebody does it to you. It's about what are you putting out? Say that again, because the dog barked. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether or not it's coming back to you. When you put it out, you're getting it back. So that that whole karma thing is real. 
So, cause we oh, yes. hear these things like you're getting a tenfold or like, you know, watch what you put out karma. So that is real. Yes. So if you sit around worrying about, oh my God, I don't have any money. I don't have any money. Oh my God, I don't have any money. Listen to what you're saying. You're saying, I don't have any money. That's all the universe hears. I don't have any, great. Okay, we're going to keep her with, I don't have any money. That's where you're going to stay. There's going to be no money. Right, Right. no money. No Because that's what the universe hears. Okay, Farrell, what if I'm just, now I'm so rogue and off script with you, but I love you, so I don't care. It's fine. Okay, here come the holidays, Farrell. Mm-hmm. You know what happens in the holidays, okay? Mm-hmm. We get activated by family, by dynamics, by all sorts of insanity, right? Just being together with our family. Our mother says something. We're like, it, we, we, we went in with the best of intentions, but now we want to kill her because she just said the thing about that she always says every holiday and you just can't take it one more time. So what are we going to do to energetically stay clean over the holidays, Farrell? Help us! And I'm not okay. just talking about me. <laughs> Listen, we all have this with everyone. So the first rule that I will tell everyone is your karma is the thing you want to protect the most. And, and I say that not because it's ne- it's always negative, because karma goes both ways, right? It's negative and positive. It's not... It's but it's so exact. I mean, so exact. So what you want to be saying is when mom does that, let's say, let's say just use mom as an example. Mom's driving you crazy. If you can find it within you to just lightly touch your heart. Now, when I say touch your heart, it's, it's the energy center of your heart. So it's like ladies, just, just above your boobs, <laughs> right? In the center, just above your boobs. In the middle, just above your boobs. Right. Right. If you can just lightly do that, and think to yourself, there goes mom. Gosh, I love mom. And just project love. You don't have to be happy with her. You don't have to like what she says. Nobody's asking you to accept the wonderful sarcasm mom is throwing at you. That is not what we're asking. But the more you project love when somebody is throwing daggers at you, What happens is when they throw daggers at you, and I'm using daggers as the negative, whatever they're saying is daggers. When somebody is shooting those negative thoughts or daggers at you, it's actually going to go back to them 10 times. When you project the love out, it's going to come back to you 10 times as love. Now, when I say love, in no way am I suggesting that if somebody is being cruel, that you have to be, oh, I love you. Because that's not authentic, right? You still have to be authentically you. But what you don't want to do is react in the same way they are. You want to think to yourself, God, they must have had just a horrible day for them to be treating me like this. What horrible thing happened to them before Thanksgiving dinner to make them want to be so mad at me today? As opposed to taking it personally. Because here is what happens. We assume that whatever they're blowing our way is really about us and it's not. And if we can just take that step back and say, this isn't about me, this is about them. Yeah. And while this happens every year now, notice I haven't taken, well, they can't see, but I'm telling you, I haven't taken my hand off my heart. And that's a very important part because when you touch your heart, you immediately drop down. If you let go, 
you can go back into reactionary mode. Like you immediately are like, ah, but when you touch your heart, you're doing two things. One, you're protecting it, right? You're protecting it. And two, you're able to project it. You're yeah. able and you're to giving yourself compassion, just like hand yes. in your heart. You're giving yourself compassion and, and getting back into your body, which I think when you're in those moments, you know, and you're ready to react, right? The last thing you are is in your body. You're, to- you're out, you're out in space. So when you put your hand on your heart, it kind of makes you remember, oh, I have a body and I'm in here. Yeah. I have a heart and I'm okay and I'm safe and everything's okay. You know, so I, right. I'm i with you on that. I want to know, how can we work with you? I know you have some exciting things coming up. Tell me about your exciting yes. things. So um, starting in the first of the year, I'm going to be doing a program called Energetically Unleashed. And Energetically Unleashed is going to be an opportunity where a select few it's more than a few, but I don't, there isn't a word, um, select women will be able to come and work with me on truly diving in to several different areas of energy. One is abundance. And again, abundance, not money, because we need to remember that abundance is not just about money. We are so abundant and we don't even realize it. And that is one of the ways that we stay stuck Two how to keep themselves um, energetically hygienic because the more energetically hygienic, the more beautiful things come into our world. And then also how to tap in to releasing the traumas of our lives, because some of us don't think our traumas are important, right? We're like, Oh no, we didn't get, we didn't get raped. We didn't get, there wasn't domestic violence. There wasn't a, you know, I didn't have a traumatic childhood. So therefore there's no trauma. I'm here to tell you, we all have trauma. All of us. Yeah. Is no it, matter what. The way you know it's a trauma, Farrell, that, because I was thinking about this, because I, I have heard this from people. Like, I, you know, we all have trauma. I agree. I have some kind of serious things. And then it's, but it's funny, even the littler things, it's really more what stays with you. If you're mm-hmm. holding on to it, if you remember it vividly, more than likely, that's a trauma. Do you agree? I agree. Yeah. Because I can tell you that, while I have had some big traumas, there are some really small, like things I would consider to be small. I mean, I had a boss at one point who was just, she was horrible to me. I mean, to the point where I had coworkers who didn't want to leave me alone with her, which I didn't find out until after she left. When I think about that, I, I vividly remember conversations with her. And yes, that was traumatic for me. Yeah. But also we don't think about the things like those of you who are mamas, because not all women are, but those of you who are mamas, if you gave birth, you had trauma. Your body went through a trauma. Yeah. Is it a negative trauma? Not necessarily. Your birth may have been perfect. Mine wasn't, but other people's may have been. But your body's, (laughs) (laughs) right? I mean, I went through an emergency C-section. I think that might be a myth. (laughs) Listen, I went through an emergency C-section with twins. So, you know. I did too. I did an emergency C-section two times. Yeah. So, but you I mean, the trauma, we don't associate that with trauma, but really it was traumatic on us from the, the cutting open to the what's happening with the kids to the having to rest to the kid. My kids were in the NICU. I mean, we don't, but we, we just say, Oh, it's just childbirth. Okay. But it's still traumatic. I remember every moment. Yeah. And so you, and so if you care, if you're carrying it forward, if it's, if it's, still vividly in your mind, chances are that's something that you maybe need some healing. Yes. 
Absolutely. Because all those things add up. Totally. Okay. So you're going to have this workshop and it's it's Uh in the new year. It's in January. In the new year. We're going to start in the new year. Okay. So I should put, I'm going to put a link in the show show notes to this. And is there anything else you're doing that's exciting? I know, I know people can also just work with you one-on-one. They can work with you. How else can they work with you? Um, So I always have people reach out to me and we talk first and here's why. Yes, I have packages and I have programs and I have single sessions and I have all those things. Everybody's situation is different. And while I have, and most people fit into my packages, but I want to know first so I can tell you which way to go. I would never want somebody to just jump in and work with me without us having a conversation about what do you really need? Yeah. Right. One session, I can tell you right now, one session isn't always, is is 98% of the time not going to work for a, for a serious issue. If you have a broke, if you have a cut, if you have a headache, yes, I can do that. You got a migraine, one session can take care of it. But if you're dealing with stuff, true stuff, I mean, that's, it didn't come on in one, in one hour. It's not going to go away in one hour. Yeah. Right. It's like the weight loss journey. You didn't put on 60 pounds in, you know, in a month, don't expect to take it off in a month. There's no quick fix. Right. Right. Okay. But that's um, a good point. You assess people so you can figure out like always. what is the best kind of modality and what do we need to do together? Exactly. Okay. And I do, everything is zoom unless you happen to live locally. Um, but I, I work with people all over the world. So it's not a problem. And people will always ask me, well, how in the world do you do this via zoom? Here's what I will remind you. Everything is energy. I can reach you from anywhere because everything is energy. Yes. So and I, I can attest to that because I've done, I've done your things on Zoom. Yes. I've seen you in person, but I've also done your things on Zooms. And it, it, I definitely, there was definitely, I felt things. So I know that it's true. So it is true. Yes. Okay. The, the other uh, thing that's going to be starting up is a weekly meditation night. Oh. So that's coming soon. Yes. So I'll get you the link for that as well for your show notes. Well, this is exciting. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, we're now we're on to the speed round party time. Okay, great. Okay. Let's do it. Love speed what? I added a question for you. I don't know why oh, no. this came to me, but I just had to add it. Okay. No, I mean, you've seen it. I'm saying it's new to this show that we've always That's known. Fine. What's your theme song? <laughs> Roar. Roar. Perfect for you. I got the I love it. Time. Yeah, totally. I can't sing. I'm not going to sing for them because I'm terrible. We're gonna it, hear, but that's my theme song. You're Farrell. Roar. Okay. That's so perfect for you. Um, what is a mantra or quote that you live by? So there's a mantra that I live by, which is I am the soul. And it's actually longer than that. And Liz, I think you heard it. Actually, we did it the long version, but I am the soul is, is a long, there's a long mantra associated, but anytime that I'm in a situation where I am stressed, I am feeling, or I'm in pain, you know, you go to the dentist or what have you. Um, I recite the mantra and I just, I'll say, I am the soul. I am not the body. I am not the mind. I am not the emotions. I am the soul. And the reason for that is because in my spiritual practice, again, intelligent discernment, I have the belief that every body physical meat suit, right. For lack of a better way to explain it is inhabited by a soul. And so if you think of it in those terms, I, the, I am is the soul within so whatever's happening to here isn't really me. What's me is the, is the I am, the soul within. And I can separate myself so that I don't have to feel the pain 
or the discomfort of whatever's going on on my physical body at the same level of pain. So I use that mantra all the time. Oh my gosh. I love that. Um, what makes you feel unstoppable? Mm, Helping people. Anytime I am able to help somebody feel better, feel more alive, feel like their badass warrior self, um, step into their power. I feel unstoppable at that point because for me, recognizing the ability of energy to transform somebody from one version of themselves to another is just, it's so powerful for me. So if I can touch somebody in that way, I feel unstoppable. What are you most proud of? My kids, my little family, watching them become the humans, the transformative, you know, they're the next generation and they're so different. They have very different personalities and they will impact the world in different ways. But I see parts of my husband, I see parts of myself in them and just watching them embody who they are going to become is, I'm just so proud of who they're becoming. That's so awesome. What is exciting you the most right now? I'm really excited about the certification program that I'm finishing up and how I'm really going to be able to integrate that. I've always had a coaching element to the work that I do, but having a framework that will really allow me to dig even deeper than I have is really exciting because I get to bring this beautiful proven technique into my other beautiful proven technique and bring them together. And it's just going to make this even more powerful than I could possibly imagine. And I just can't wait to actually start doing it to that level. I mean, I do it a little bit, but when I really get to do it, it's going to just be off the charts. I'm so excited. It's so exciting. So I'm so happy for you. And that's the perfect marriage. And you've been such a great guest indulging all of my riffing and my questions. And I love you, Farrell. Thank you so much. I love you too. Thank you for having me. It's been lovely. Thank you so much. You know what? And we'll do it again. We'll, we'll pick some, you know, we'll, we'll pick a topic maybe like in the new year and we'll go deep on something like, well, we'll, maybe it's money, maybe. And in fact, you know what? DM me. If you liked our conversation today and you kind of have an idea, you can DM me or you can email me at Liz at LizSwadek.com and tell me what you want to hear what else you want to hear from Farrell? Okay. Yeah. That'd be great. Right, I'd love for to. The, yeah. And look for the show notes so you can take all of her amazing things that she's doing. Okay, everyone. Thank you for joining me today. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review. This is the Conversations with Warrior Women podcast with me, Liz Swadek. And remember, every woman has a story. You just need to ask her. Okay. Bye, everyone. <laughs>